Uh, welcome back to a, another episode of Certified Bucket Boys podcast. Uh, just me and Tom on the call here again. Uh, Ihaka is still not uh, ready for that clout, so maybe in a few more weeks uh, after everybody keeps blowing us up. Uh, but for now, just the two of us. Uh, Tom, talk to me. How was the Christmas uh, break for you? Yeah, good. Pretty busy, busy old day, Christmas day. Had the old breakfast at my mum's, lunch with Nina's family, and then dinner with my dad. So pretty hectic day. Um, I was the the designated sober driver for the day, so made Christmas a little bit more boring, if you will. Not being able to drink, obviously. I didn't mind too much, though, because the Saturday night I had a bit of a big one with my father. It was like a wee Christmas break up the old golden mile. So, um, but that was that was a pretty good night. It was a pretty busy night there, live music and whatnot, and the beers were flowing. Apparently, I'm in some social club there. I've never remember signing up for it, so I got free piss. So that's all right. In the social club, Unreal. yeah. Can't complain about some free piss though. So, um. Christmas Eve, we had dinner at Nina's parent family as well. It's a bit of a like tradition in their family on Christmas Eve, so it was real full on like two days of family. But we uh, went across to the Rollison Park and played a bit of a, a more extreme version of backyard cricket you know, on the actual cricket pitch. Oof. So that was uh, that was quite lovely. Um, unfortunately, no one could like. Uh, I don't know what I'm looking for. Reciprocate my like chat, you know, like I was, you know, doing the old clap and you know, just one more ball here, you know, a bit more pace next time here, you know, just kind of that cricket chat. But nobody knows kind of looking at the cliches. Yeah, everyone's just kind of looking at me like, what the fuck are you on about, eh? <laughs> um, I took a real nice wicket real early on, Nina. I was playing wicket keeper. Uh, she went for a real big swig and miss, came off the hand, bat. Caught it, rip it at the wickets. So, uh, I think it was her second ball of the evening. Unfortunate for her. Hope you gave her a massive spray. Yeah, I did. No one understood what I was doing there either. Back to the pavilion. And then I got on the bat and I was fucking pummeling some balls away. <laughs> Sending the young ones off to. No, I was just, it. I was just trying to hit it up real high to get let somebody get a wee catch. You know, be one of that, be that generous guy. We were playing with her. A rubber, like the balls you used to use for like four square at school. Oh, high bounce ball. Yeah. So we're playing with that and you, you can't really get those balls. Not that I'm great at it, but you can't really get them swinging off the turf very well. They just kind of hit the turf and just bounce. Yeah. Uh, the bowling bowling aspect wasn't really happening for me either. A lot of short balls, taking scalps. Yeah. But that's pretty much... Oh, also... Hit, hit golf course again. Didn't didn't really get much better than my previous time. But golf's a difficult... I mean, it's only my second time really playing. I, th- I mean, I probably played like four times, four or five times in my life. This is my second time after not playing for like a year and a bit. And it's just getting the mechanics of the swing down. I, th- I kind of realized I wasn't really rotating my body very much. I was very mm. stiff. Yep. So... That's kind of not been happening for my swing very often. Hasn't been happening for my swing very good, but uh, 
the irons would treat me well on the course. I was doing pretty well with the iron. The driver just was shocking. Like, I lost like three, what, oh God, hole, t- uh, hole two. It's like right next to this like fence with heaps of shrubbery on the right side. Yeah. And like, if you, if you slice to the right, you're pretty fucked. I lost two balls in a row, just like deep into the bush air. <laughs> and then the, when it came to the third one, I just like grabbed it from the team, just like throw it. <laughs> I was like, I would play from here. Uh-huh. It's good. Yeah, you got to get like one set of clubs to just like focus on that, like carry you through the day. Eh? So yeah. like, that's not the last time I went. I was just trying to get up and down from like 50, 50 sort of yards to the pin, you know, just just really focusing on that short game because that's where I used mm. to like fuck up heaps, like fucking hit it like way too hard to go flying over the back of the green. Then you got to play the same shot again. And it's just yeah, a bit dusty. Yeah. The close game. Yeah. All in all though. Great sport, isn't it? Good. It's been a bit of an average summer so far. Like hasn't been many, many pearlers to get out and play. Like it's been a bit overcast, bit of rain, you know, classic New Zealand summer though. Yeah. What about yourself? How was how's your week in a bit been? Uh not bad, eh? Not bad. Went down to old Timaru for uh New uh not New Year's, uh Christmas. Um went down on the twenty fourth, had a bit of a bit of a family or a couple family gatherings uh on the what what night was it? Saturday? Sunday, Sunday night. Sunday. Um yeah, Sunday night for Christmas Eve, bit of a bit of a barbecue. Um, there was oh shit, there was way too much food put on for the amount of people that were there. Eh? Everybody was stuffed. Uh, and then we had plans for like a <clears throat> sort of pretty good like cooked breakfast um, for the same group on Christmas Day, um, which we ended up not doing because we just had so much leftover food. So we basically had like a barbecue in the morning as well, with just like the leftover meat, and then. Uh, headed in, headed into Timaru. We were at Tamuka at this stage. Uh, headed into Timaru uh, for for the full family gathering. There was uh, families from all all parts of the world. Um, I shouldn't say all parts of the world, but you know, just mostly Christchurch and Timaru. Um, but yeah, pretty worldwide there. There's about 30, 30 odd there. Uh, they had the big industrial barbecue down from Tamuka Transport, so you could cook like. Four fucking four birds at once on it, you know, and a ham. It's pretty Jeez. lethal. Um, but yeah, as I mentioned, like the weather was pretty dusty. It was like on the Saturday, it was forecast to be for Christmas Day was forecasting like twenty eight and sun. By Sunday evening, it had changed to uh, twenty, a high of twenty, and just overcast all day with a little bit of drizzle. Like man, within like twenty four hours, it just like turned to shit. Yeah. It was, it was that all day, you know. It was overcast, little drizzle here and there. Like it wasn't cold, which is good. So we were like outside the whole time. Um, a few backyard games played, bit of tonk, a uh, bit of cub. If you're familiar, it's just throwing Love sticks up the steps. Yeah, um, tonk, you know, gets pretty competitive. Uh, wasn't any cricket. Didn't really have the uh, turf for it. Um, all in all, though, pretty good day. Oh, we did a big like thirty person Secret Santa 
Um, the one where you just chuck it in and then choose a random one and then people can steal it, as we talked about last week. Um, and I got well, what I what I did was I on my turn I stole it was a like this machine, it's like a wee putting green, and it like once it goes in in the hole, it like pops back up and it like sends it back to you. It's like a automatic like ball returner thing. So I stole that, and then Bo was having a bit of a fit, you know, lots of people around, lots of noise. So I was inside with him, and then came around to one of my uncle's turns, and he decided to steal off me. You know, while I was inside with a crying baby, I was like, way to take a fantastic gift from me, you know. Bottomed out here, down inside with a crying baby, and you're just going to take my gift. You know, it's just one way to ruin Christmas. My God. Yeah. Anyway. That's pretty dusty. Yeah. Ended up with some gin glasses, you know. Don't even drink gin, so fuck me. What a day. Fuck Cheers, Nick. Cheers, Saint Nick. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a real downgrade there, eh? The old punt green to a gin glasses. Yeah. There's so much like alcohol and um glasses and stuff, though, like Somebody took a shot bucket, 24 pack of shots, like first up. And the idea, obviously, you don't crack into your gift until the whole thing's over so people could steal. Instantly before the second person goes, rips off the bucket, just chucks shit, starts chucking shots at everybody. Like, let's get these <laughs> down. <laughs> so nobody could steal it. And it was, um, yeah, it was basically, I think it was empty by the time we, we got through all 30 odd people. So good effort. Yeah, it's good effort. Yeah, pretty fun all around though. Um, back at work last two days, then heading south again tomorrow. So, yeah, exciting times. We'll be back in the New Year's. Can't ask for fizz, more. mate. Fizz, fizz, fizz for, for another wee holiday. Fizz for another wee holiday here. Any time away from work is good time. Anyway, crack into the actual podcast, eh? What do we? We've got first up, certified, not certified. Yes, sir. I'll run through. I'll run through all five this week, hey. Um, oh, I'll let you number, take the take the reins. Number one on the list is thrifting. Uh, if you don't know what that is, uh, just thrift shop shopping. You know, bit of Macklemore's favorite pastime. You in or out? Oh, on, nice, on nice joke there. Ah. Huh. So. <laughs> uh, this is a tough one to have an opinion on. I'm going to say, uh, no, I'll say certified, but the reason I said it's tough because every time I go to a thrift shop, there's never anything I want. But I know it has the capability of producing things I want, if mm. that makes sense. <laughs> so, oh, actually, to be fair, I did buy those like speed race dirty dogs at Save Mart for like five bucks. So that's a yeah, thrift fire, fire purchase. But like, you know, like when we're in um, Queenstown, good mate at the pod, Chris, bought that Cincinnati jacket. Yeah. You know, I've never really, nearly seen anything that I would have You've never found about. anything that fire. Yeah. Like, I'm, that's what I'm really looking for from a thrift shop, which is like a real old school, like sporting jacket or jumper or something, you know? Yeah. 100% know what you mean, eh? Or like yeah, like a retro rugby jersey. Or like yeah, retro rugby jersey. jersey. Yeah, that'd be pretty fire. I always see that on TikTok. Yeah. Never never at the thrift shops here in Christchurch. 
Maybe we just go to the wrong ones. Well, I go to. I've been to like. There's a couple in town. I can't remember their names. I feel like there's one called like Lasting Label or something. And I went there with Nina one time, and like ninety five percent of the store is like female clothes, and mm. like it's packed to the brim, and they're all finding fucking steel after steel. And you go to the men's section, there's just like a row of like forty pairs of jeans and like a couple of dress shirts. It's like. <laughs> Mid stuff is just like legitimately stuff that guys just don't want anymore, and yeah, that isn't good. Yeah, like a pair of jeans that don't fit. So yes, sick. Yeah. I'm um not certified on a day for basically the same reasons you're saying. Like, I've got no issues with people doing it. Just yeah, every time I've been, I've ne- like I've been excited to go, but I've left unhappy. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I get what you mean. You're always like, yeah, it's like a bit of a build-up. Like, you're like, yeah, fuck, I'm going to find something mean. Like, yeah, like, like you see, I've crushed that time, like that retro, like, Cincinnati Bengals jacket. Like, if, if I went and found one of those, like, thumbs up, you know, great experience. But every time I've gone, it's just been, there's, like, nothing here. But, yeah, jeans and old, like, polos and shit. Just nothing yeah. like that. So. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, I had it with a not certified, but. Keep doing what you're doing, thrifters, you know. I'd love to be involved. <laughs> love to hit the jackpot. I'd love to uh, live, live the life. Yeah, for real. Number two, uh, paranormal activity. Um, are you a believer? Are you certified on believing or not certified? Uh, this is real controversial because... Actually, I'm not, I'm not going to continue with my statement. <laughs> I, I can't. Could tell you maybe off air, but I'm just gonna give my opinion. I'm I'm definitely not certified. I think, you know, the, the paranormal activity stuff. I just think it's pretty like BS. Um, you always hear like a uh, you always hear stories of people that you know they they experience it. Um, I had my mum's like really good friend was always a a believer and she'd always talk about her experiences. But I'm like, I don't understand why it doesn't happen to more people and why there's not evidence and things like that. I just, I'm a real seeing as believing kind of person. Yeah. I'm just kind of not pretty gloomy, but I'm just, you know, once you, once you're dead, you're dead. That's kind of my whole thing. And I don't think you come back as a ghost. Yeah. No, fair enough. Not like a demons guy. None of that. I mean, like that kind of stuff, like it scares me. Like if I was in a, yeah, if I was in a scary looking house, like I'm, just because I don't believe in that shit doesn't mean I'm not going to be freaked out. Yeah. By the possibility of ever happening. If that makes sense. Yeah. I'm, you know, like in the same line of view, like I'm not certified on it as well. Like I don't believe in paranormal activity. Um, but like you say, like if I was in a fucking scary house, like I'm still going to think that there might be something yeah. there, even though I don't believe it. It's just not is, worth the risk, you know? Yeah, no, nah, the risk versus reward. Not not good enough, but um, yeah, big believer in like you being able to like create ideas and sort of like visions in your mind. Like if you believe it, you'll see it, sort of thing. Like if you believe it enough, the same way people are like, you know, you put vibes out there, things will come true, sort of thing. If you Wait, convince so if yourself, you're saying if somebody believes there is a ghost hard enough, there will be a ghost. Yeah, well, like if they can, if they've convinced themselves that this place they're in is haunted, then 
weird things that happen they're gonna be like ah that was a ghost like oh Oh, yeah of course because that's you know like the roof the roof makes a sound they're like ghost that was ghost walking that was a ghost walking whereas it's just like the roof cracking because it's hot outside you know yeah i get what you mean but that's yeah yeah that's that's what i mean yeah i'm not I'm not a believer not a believer at all i'm a big believer in aliens though Oh mate, that's for another day. For that's another day. Yeah. We don't wanna we don't wanna put those two in the same category, you know, because no. one's real, one's real, one's not, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Um number three. This is it's probably not as relevant anymore, but big thing back in the day is the old prank videos on YouTube. <laughs> Bit of a talent. Um, I'm I'm not certified. And the main ones that I'm kind of referring to is I sometimes still see them pop up as like the video will be like um, pulling fake gang signs in the hood. Yeah. And like they start doing it to the wrong person and then they start chasing, trying to beat them up. They're like, bro, bro, it's just a prank. It's a prank. It's a prank. I'm like, number one, like I'd, it's not funny. Like anyway, like, <laughs> oh, cool. Fake gang signs. Like it's not, I don't, I don't know where the fun is in that. And then them getting fired up that they're about to get beaten up. Like, ah. Uh, that's yeah, I'm definitely not certified on that stuff. Yeah, remember when there was also and, that um the phase of killer clowns? Those oh bro, like I fucking hate clowns, man. If somebody did that to me, man, that's like fuck that. I hate clowns. Yeah, they're gonna be one dying, eh? Yeah. <laughs> also big not certified on it. I didn't mind Vitaly's ones. Because he was like real OG. His like he would do like the um like gold digger pranks, like he'd stand by like a shit car in like the middle of Miami. So like every second yeah. he walk past, walks past is like obviously going to be like a gold digger, and he'd be like, "Oh hey, like give me a number or whatever," and then they'd be like, "Oh no, like leave me alone," and then he'd be like, oh, "Okay," and then he'd like jump in a Ferrari or something, and then like, come fake, back, though, right? Yeah, well, that's what I always wonder. Like, surely there's like, a lot of pranks the- fake. I don't know if this counts as a prank, but what about like, remember that time that bro got on the like Pelicans court for a warm up? <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that, is that like, do we count that as a prank? Was it, was it I'm Surely that wasn't Jideon. Feels like a Jideon thing to do though. I don't, I don't really know who the guy was. It was just hilarious. He's just out there just like stretching and stuff. And as soon as he, he got a jumpers, ball, <laughs> as soon as he got a jumper on the security guy, I was like, oh, fuck, this guy's not yeah. real. I don't know but, if I, I ever saw like, an actual video of that though, like a YouTube video. Like from no, I just, yeah, I didn't see YouTube. I just saw it on like Instagram or something. But that was fucking maybe hilarious. that's a bit like um same same vibe as ah, who's that guy that gets to like his cut the custom sports shirt and gets out for like the national ed? Oh I wanna say Bevo, but it's not Bevo. I feel like it's similar. It is something similar. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. It's like that same vibe though. That's a good prank. That's a quality prank. Yeah. But no, there's actually, actually a good prank uh series on YouTube. You know, Nico Omolana and Gideon did like a series called like the the biggest menace, where they made each other do something like made each other do like a prank or like pranked each other sort of thing. Fuck, they just go like real far. Pretty pretty good. Like yeah, hanging up like a fake painting inside the Louvre. It's like a fake Mona Lisa sort of thing. Like it's just yeah. Pushing, um, pushing the boundaries. It's kind of reminded me of it. I was thinking about this the other day, a little bit off topic. But remember that guy 
there was that video of him courtside at like a Portland Trailblazers game, and he's yelling <laughs> to Alan Crabb, and he's like, "Hey, yo, Odell, Odell." <laughs> Fuck, that was yeah. Yeah, it's an all-time video that one. Eh? I was thinking about the other that the other night. That's my. Is that, a, is that a Vine? Must have been long. It was so time. old. Yeah. What was he like saying to him afterwards? He's like, "Hey, yo, Odell." How many are you going to have tonight, Odell? Yeah, how many are you going to have tonight? <laughs> uh, fuck, it, it's an all-time video. That was an all-time video. Um, yeah, so what, both not certified there. Uh, yeah. Number four. Oh, it's probably yeah, it's a weird time for this. We've discussed it before, but replay reviews in sports. Um, the, uh, it depends. Like, I'm I'm certified on it, but I'm not certified. I mean, okay, this is probably a different question because we talked about, like, intervening, so I won't take it from that perspective. Just in, like, a normal review, I'm all for it, certified, but they just need to, like, speed it up, especially in basketball. Like, they fucking review, review, review. I reckon the rule should be, like, if it takes you more than, like, I don't know, 20 seconds, 25 seconds of actual viewing time, to figure it out and you can't make an opinion, then the original call stands. Something like that. And then I'm just all for it because, yeah, just they just take too long. Yeah. The FIBA one was way better than the NBA one. Like, you know, like the one ref goes, the guy on the um, playing the video is like, here's your best, uh, here's your best angle, watches it like once. It's one guy. He decides on his own and then that's it. it took like 20 yeah. seconds each time. Yeah. Whereas in the NBA, like, they fucking take ever man so like the, long and you're supposed to like review it within like 10 seconds but sometimes like the whole coaching staff is like looking up at the the replay monitor like trying to get a thing then like 30 seconds later they're like ah oh, review 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 it's like ah oh. it's just annoying yeah but um yeah and then there's the thing now where they're like calling a timeout so it can actually stop and then it's like delaying how long they have to make up their mind if they want to review it yeah not a fan of that Need, yeah, not a fan of that. Need to crack down on the NBA ones. They just, yeah, they need to be quicker. Get them out of the yeah. way. I, lo- I like them in other sports. Um, soccer, specifically. Quite good, I think. Uh, NFL, we don't really see it as much. It's not not a whole lot to review. Just like, it's those like inches when people are trying to get like fourth and ones, you know. Yeah. So I feel like they're quite important in the grand scheme of things in terms of like American football games. So we'll allow it there. It's just like the, yeah, the faster pace sports, you know, that like we don't need to, don't need these stoppages, like stoppage and play in like league or, or basketball to have these, these reviews. Mm. Um, I'm, yeah. So I'm pretty torn on it. Eh? Maybe I'll just stick with certified. Cause I like the concept. Yeah. But they can be improved. Hmm. That's where I'll leave that. Uh, number five, relocating sports teams. I'm not sure if you saw, but a bit of a rumor going around that the Washington Wizards owner wants to move the team to uh, Virginia. Virginia. Which is just down, just down the road from uh, Washington. So it's not like a massive move. You know, Virginia's a pretty good, pretty big basketball, uh, a college basketball state, Virginia Tech. Yeah, I was uh, say, Virginia. Isn't it a college town. 
Yeah. Oak Hill's not Virginia, isn't it? Not sure. He's our producer here, but he's not. Yeah, that's just real tough. Uh, classic him. Yeah. Uh, relocating, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely certified on it. It's just, yeah, like kind of a wee asterisk. It just needs to be done right, you know? Like, the likes of the Washington Wizards, they should... I mean, I don't know if they should... They've been there for so long, but they should probably, like, move. But, like, the Clippers, they should definitely move. You don't need two in LA. I just think there's so many, like, empty markets that aren't being fulfilled, you know? Yeah. Like, especially Las Vegas. But then you've got a team where it doesn't work. Like, the Raiders should have never left because the Oakland Raiders are so iconic as being the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, I was going to say, it would have made way more sense for San Diego to go to Las yeah. Vegas. The Chargers to go to Vegas, yeah. Nobody cares about football in LA. Yet they gave them two teams at once. Yeah. And, you know, it was stupid for them to is... not have a team. Like, LA definitely stupid. should have a team. Yeah. But you can't give a non-football place two teams and expect them to, like, pack out the stadium yeah. for both. Like, obviously the Rams are, like, the main one. Nobody gives a shit about the Chargers. <laughs> Should have moved them to Vegas and just kept the Raiders where they were. Definitely. Would have made the most sense. I don't even know what. Yeah. don't even know the ins and outs of all that NFL. We've got, like, three relocations all at once. Seems mm. kind of weird, but. What's it been in the NBA since we've been fans? Seattle to OKC, which I don't know. People sort of talk oh, about no. it like wrong. Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte, Charlotte to, to New Orleans. Yeah, Charlotte to New Orleans and then Charlotte getting another team. Yeah. Yeah, New Orleans isn't a massive. I feel like Charlotte sort of is a better, better place for a team. I don't know. They're both yeah, pretty like, I mean, Yeah, New Orleans is a big like football area, obviously, because like college football and Saints. Yeah. But the owner, I mean, I've heard Bill talk about it a lot. The owner just cares. He like owns both or something, doesn't he? He owns the Saints and the Pelicans, yeah. And he mainly cares about the Saints. That kind of stitches you up a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't mind it more often. I've, we talked about it in another one, like a getting an NBA team in Mexico City. Mm. You know? Maybe don't expand to Mexico City, but you could relocate somebody. Like the Clippers, you know. Fuck Just get out of LA. <laughs> they should go to Vegas. Well, somebody should go to Kentucky. No, because Vegas will get an expansion, so they don't need a relocation. Yeah, that's true. But if you expand, you need, what, you need two? Yeah, there'll be a Seattle one. So you're going to go Vegas and Seattle. Vegas, Makes Seattle, sense. move Memphis to the east since they basically are. Yeah, sure. Pretty I mean, sure they're more east than, than like. No, nah, because they're Vancouver. Oh, there's another another relocation. Well, I don't think I was watching when they went from Vancouver to Memphis, though. Nah, that was, that was before. I don't even know when that was. That was like 01, maybe 01, yeah. 2000. Yeah. 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 No, couple certifieds there. Yeah. Couple. Couple. Couple oh, great wraps, wraps us up. It was pretty, pretty different there from us this week. Maybe, maybe some more fifty fifties in the polls on the uh, Instagram. 
Speaking of polls, I actually had um, a bit of feedback, a bit of questioning about who answered ye- uh, certified to biting ice blocks. And wow. The person asked me, and I was like, oh, you know, I can't can't reveal the answers. You know, it's meant to be a safe space. But I actually outed somebody who was present on Christmas Day, and they copped a bit of bit of flack for being psychotic and biting an ice block. Yeah. They made the point about biting like a juicy. And I was like, but that's kind of different. Like you've sucked the, the juicy and it's got no more yeah. flavoring in it. And then you just kind of like yeah. bite that bit off, you know? Yeah. So I was like, that's not what we're kind of talking about. And they were like, yeah, I know. So I was like, oh, do you not actually bite during ice block? Like, nah, I do. So I was like, okay, so you are a criminal. Yeah. Well, the way it was like prefaced was, do you unwrap an ice block? Yeah, exactly. Straight away, just take a bite. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolute criminal. Yeah, so I'm I'm glad they got the beat and they should have. Yeah, definitely. You want to rip into our, you know, sponsored segment here? Yeah. So, uh, shout out to shout out to the brethren, the brothers, the almighty fathers. I don't really know what that third one was going to be. Uh, shout out to Anti Drip. New Zealand anti drip NZ on Instagram. Uh, the boys anti drip supply with their gym towels, you know, a bit of bit of workout motivation. Um, so yeah, anti drip, uh, they sponsor us for our segment, the really random question. And the really random question this week is let me just bring it up here. Here you go. If you had the power to instantly become an expert in any skill or field, what would you choose and how would you use your newfound expertise? See the way the way I thought about this was there's plenty of things you could do to change your life, but would I enjoy my life if I had that? You know, like say I was talking to Laura about it. I was like, oh, imagine if I could like do coding. You know, could make apps or like make computer shit like real easy. You're like the man at it. But would I enjoy doing that? I was like, yeah, probably not. Because if I did enjoy that, I couldn't could have learned it anyway you know or yeah. something along the lines of like being a doctor being like the yeah. world's best heart surgeon but i was like well if you're the world's best heart surgeon you're probably doing like 14 hour days six days a week it's like, it doesn't sound fun you know mm. so i went along a bit of a selfish selfish route here keep it in line with the fact we're a sports podcast so i thought what one random skill in a sporting field could make me a professional athlete and i went with a sport that I don't specifically like, I don't watch, I don't follow, but I thought, what if I was the world's best pitcher and I played Major League Baseball, you know? <laughs> Off the back of Shohei Otani getting paid $700 million, I was like, that sounds awesome because I'd, I'd happily be a professional athlete. I'd happily get paid that much money, you know? I'm a competitive person. That'd be something fun to do. Pitching isn't like... I feel like it's the most exciting part of baseball, maybe. I don't know. You're doing the most. Why not? For me, I think the most exciting part is hitting some fucking dinkers out of the park, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that was similar to the route I went as well. I was thinking along the lines of like being like an absolute genius at reading the stock market or something like that. Like, how can I make a lot of money? Yeah, I was like, ah, it's pretty lame. So I thought, again, like you, being a sporting podcast, 
but I didn't think of the skill. Obviously, if I was the best in the world, wait, was that the question? Being the best? No, it's just you, you're being expert. Expert. Yeah. Okay. So, but being an expert, I just thought it'd be real sick to just be an absolute sniper from three. Yeah. And I thought, like, how fun! Like, I'm just, I'm, I was thinking, like, you, like, how do I just kind of enhance my real day life? And I was, you know, getting down to my social ball, but just being a fucking lights out shooter. Like, I'm, I just catch, I'm fucking fading off one leg and I'm chucking up a ridiculous shot, but it's just absolutely swishing. Yeah. Um, dominating yeah. the Div 1 scene just because all I do is shoot, shoot a three. So you dominate Div 1 if you're expert at one thing, you know? I think we've and talked then, about this before, not on the pod, but at social basketball. Is like, if you could add, like one NBA player, specific one talent, what would it be? You know, like, would you take like LeBron's athleticism or like Rudy Gobert's height or oh, Steph's yeah. shooting or like Kyrie's handle? It's like, which one would actually be the most fun? You know, it's always coming down to it's either Kyrie's handle or Steph's shooting, you know? Yeah. You could be athletic, but you could still be shit at basketball. And you could yeah. be Rudy Gobert's height and still shit at basketball. But if you got a sick handle, you're pretty good. At least yeah. you can do that awesome. But if you could shoot like Steph, like imagine you just a flamethrower at um social life. I'll be playing four nights a week, just lighting people up, hey. Fuck it'll be fun. Just pulling from like six feet behind three point line. Can't guard me. Yes, yeah, so that you was Graham Condon. That was yeah, I was just just envisioning myself at Graham Condon just lighting lighting it up, eh? <laughs> Jamie on the call going bananas. Yeah, Jamie's just absolutely fucking loving it. Carrying Swaggy Pete or Div 1 title, not being the most athletic guy out there. Can't do much, but fuck, I'm giving you like 30 piece from three. Unreal, imagine you making 10 threes a game in Div 1. Yeah, exactly. It'd be fucking insane. All the fucking... That's a good shot. All the wives and all the six-year-old kids would just be going nuts watching me from the (laughs) grandstand. You're getting a Tom Swaggy Pete jersey. Fucking oath. Yeah, that's a good shout, actually. I like how we've both gone sporting skills there. Your one wouldn't change your life too much. It would just make you fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was our really random question uh, of the of the week, of the pod, brought to you by Antidrip NZ. Go check uh, Antidrip NZ out on Instagram. Shout out to the boys. Uh a new segment here that we started last week, top five. Um, doesn't have a sponsor yet. One day it will. Uh, this week, we're not doing a draft. We're just going to do our top five. Pretty on topic here. Our top five Christmas Day food and snacks. Yes, um, sir. So I'll go first. I'll just list yep. out my five. Tom will go second. Let's start his five. Then we'll go to war. You know, who's got the best? Who's wrong? Who's right? I'll go from five to one. My number five, uh, a Christmas morning special that I really get around is the ham and cheese croissants. Number four, Christmas dessert. Or number four and three, actually, both Christmas desserts. Number four, Pav, uh, an absolute staple in New Zealand. Number three is ambrosia uh some people love it some people don't seem to get around it but i absolutely froth for it uh number two controversial here is a box of celebrations lasts the whole day not a 
well, as I said, not a fan, but not a massive fan of favorites. Much prefer celebrations. A uh, bit of variety, wow. just bit of chocolates, in my opinion. Uh, and then number one, can't beat it. Every Christmas, lovely honey glazed ham to mm. have at dinner or lunch mid afternoon. Whatever you're doing, that's my five. Yeah, good, good five. The celebrations is an absolute wild call there, but you know we move. Um, Radio, like you, I will list my five. I will go in descending order as well. So, surprisingly, though, I do not have any desserts on my five. I'm not a big, I'm not a big dessert guy. I really like sweets, but I I do like I love like chocolate stuff, like a chocolate cake or a brownie. But you don't really tend to have that on Christmas. You normally have your like heavy creams. Yeah, I'm just not a fan. Mm. Uh so for number five, I have a potato salad. Um, big fan of the old potato salad. Number four, uh, I feel like it's becoming more popular at Christmas lunches and dinners now. I'm seeing more of them on Instagram than I used to. And that's just like a bit of crab meat, like, you know, just a bit of, bit of surimi and, you know, bit of, yeah. get a bit of seafood sauce with it. That always goes on well. Big fan of that. Uh, number three is lamb. Love yeah. a good roast lamb. If it's yeah. cooked right, some people dry their lamb out too much and that's just not on. Also a <laughs> criminal offense. Number two is the honey glazed ham. Like yourself, well, yours was number one. Fucking love a good honey glazed ham, eh? Like, it real slaps the next day having it in a sandwich, just cold. Oh, yeah. Fuck, man, you can't beat it. Also, sounds weird. Bluebird <laughs> chicken chips and like a cold ham goes together so fucking well in the sandwich. Try yeah, it. Interesting. Oh, I don't doubt that. And then number one is the ham and cheese croissant. Oh. Yeah, um, my mum, that's a bit of a tradition of ours, always having for Christmas morning, and fuck, man, just toasted in the oven, bit of caramelized onion on it, fuck, I just, I froth for the croissant, eh? Don't know what yeah. it is, for some reason it tastes better on Christmas morning. <laughs> not wrong, yeah, absolutely not wrong at all. I think it's because the ham, though, ham is better on Christmas. That's true. That was that was what I was alluding to earlier, when um, just in the weekly recap was what we did have prepared was ham and cheese croissants, but we never ended up having them. Yeah. That's disappointing, but is what it is. Fantastic list though. I I had like four of them on Christmas morning. Yeah. Oh bro, you gotta take advantage, man. Some people like don't like to dig into a croissant because it's a bit thick. Don't want to mm. like start the day off with something like that. But man, me? Two or three easy. Yeah, fuck yeah. Go not hand. surprised um, the honey glazed ham made a top two appearance in both lists. Yeah. Can't beat I'm, the ham. It's, eh. it's probably the biggest staple in New Zealand, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's like the turkey from America, you know? Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a really good call. That ham is like the turkey. Yeah, that's a good call. It's you don't see much turkey going around here. Eh? Nah. I'm also not a massive fan of it. No, I've had it before. It's quite... Dry tasting, just a shit chicken, honestly. Yeah, really is poor man's chicken. 
What we had at Christmas this year, we had the ham, big honey glazed ham. We had a lamb as well. Lamb is a classic in New Zealand. It's like the backup to the ham. And mm. then we had a couple of roast chickens cooked different ways. Not a massive fan of the roast chicken on Christmas. More no, of a Sunday yeah. during winter vibe. Yeah. But still, you know, when you're feeding a fucking army, it's always good to have a chicken. Yeah. Or two. Um, no desserts. Interesting. Skipping that portion of the meal. Uh, well, did I have any on Christmas lunch dessert? Oh, I did because it was a chocolate cake. So I had a bit of that. But I had like a massive seconds portion at lunch because I was like, I asked what was for dessert. Bunch of like creamy things. So I was like, nah, actually, you know what? I'll skip dessert and just have another another feed of pretty much my top five was on my plate. It was just those things. Yeah. The crab? Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, being a friend of the pod, Dan's family, uh, extended other side of his wife's family are Chinese. I think they, you know, they had a bit, a bit of different foods than what you'd normally have on a Christmas day. Um, mm. There was some surimi and then it was like squid, like not squid rings, but like squid nuggets. Fuck, they were good as man. Deep fried? Yeah. Unreal. They slapped. You know what does sort of go down? Um, you don't get it too much down here. More up north is a scallop wrapped in bacon on the barbecue. Oh, fuck. That sounds good. Yeah. Never had one before. Yeah, we and my my uncles up in the mount usually have some scallops and bacon uh, when we do Christmas there. So I mean, it's just more of a North Island thing, you know, up up where people go diving. You don't really get it down here. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, that, that's an abs- absolute treat. That does sound good. Yeah. Radio. Um, moving on. Are we moving on to the redraft? Yeah, a bit of NBA. A bit of lighthearted NBA. Uh, so what we had it we suggested from a fan is to do some redrafts. And I do enjoy seeing them on TikTok as well. So I thought maybe me and Aiden could participate in a bit of a redraft here. So we are redrafting the 2012 draft. If you're familiar, that was the Anthony Davis is the first pick draft. Uh, so we're just going to draft the lottery. And we're just going to go one by one. Um, Aiden, would you like the first pick? Sure. I can go first pick. Um, Yeah, I did say to you, you choose the draft. You came back with 2012. I was fine with that until I opened it up and saw how absolute dog shit it was. My God. If this is going to be a reoccurring thing, it's good. We got the worst one out of the way. I think the 2013 (laughs) draft might be better. (laughs) And that's the one that's thought of to be the bad one. Uh, but number one, it's just going to remain the same. It's going to be Anthony Davis. He's still going to the Pelicans with that pick. Yeah. They made yeah. the right call there. That's Yeah, that's fair. Um, number two, I think also probably pretty easy. Um, they're probably, these are the probably only two, well, there might be three Hall of Famers from this drive class, but... The other solidified Hall of Famer is uh, the Charlotte Bobcats are selecting Damian Lillard. 
Now, when I put this down, I was thinking, how different would that franchise be if Dame went there? Yeah, that, that's a good call. Because they took, uh, if anybody remembers, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist with that man. Pick. And nobody was, nobody was batting an eye at that pick either. No, that was a good pick at the time. That was like a really solid pick. Because he had yeah. such a good college season. Just an ugly-ass jumper, eh? Yeah, into the league, all of a sudden he couldn't shoot. Yeah, so that 2012-13 um, Bobcats roster, they already had Kimber. I think he, oh, was it, what was he, 2011 draft, maybe? Yeah. I want to get yeah. too ahead of myself there. They had him. Second-best player was Gerald Henderson. Yeah. It's a shit roster. It would, yeah, it, just, it wouldn't have made sense for them to take Dame with Kimber, two really small guards. Although 2012, two small guards probably wasn't that weird. Mm. Like, what we had, we had Brandon Jennings and Monte Ellis playing together back then. Mm-hmm. That was, yeah, like, just as one example. <laughs> Nate Robinson was running around, Derek Rose, small guard. Yeah, I think the Phoenix, I mean, the Phoenix Suns had a triple small guard lineup at one point. Might have been a little after that. To be fair, his like Kimber's rookie year, I believe he turned it on. His rookie year like wasn't great. He turned it on the next year. Yeah, so it could have been still them taking Dame because you know Kimber didn't look like what he looked like. Imagine at the time, though, how outrageous it would have been for Charlotte to take Dame out of Weber State. Yeah. At the second pick. After MKG had just won a national title as the second best player. And he was like a big wing, probably exactly what they needed. Yeah. To be fair, that pick made a lot of sense for them. Like, I feel yeah. like at the time, right pick, but wrong situation, maybe. I don't think anybody going to the Bobcats was ever going to be good. <laughs> Um, number three, you alluded to possibly most likely will be a Hall of Famer. Um, I assume we're on the same page with that. Dream on green, Fuck. not on the same page. Yeah, he was the Hall of Famer, but I, I had just, I, yeah, I, I had a feeling that you would put him ahead of Bradley Beal. Eh? <laughs> for, uh, for what their careers turned out as, you've got to, yeah, I, I get that, but like. I really struggle with Draymond Green. I have, I can just, yeah, well, I can just say my next pick. So at number four, I've got Draymond Green, but I really struggle with him. Cause like, I still believe without. Now you have Clay, Brad, you have Brad Beal in this situation, right? You would have had Draymond. Oh, true. Green. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll take Brad. I said, yeah, it doesn't really matter for this conversation, but I just reckon without those guys, like Draymond Green, just be like a different, his career looked different, but I mean, that's kind of not what we're drafting on, but like Bradley Beal, like still like, I know you fucking hate on the guy, but he's been in an absolute dog shit situation. Like the wizards are a fucking terrible team. And like, he's never been available. I get that. I generally reckon if he was playing for a good team, he would have played more than he did. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I want him. I'd love for him to just be healthy for the rest of the year, and I just I reckon we'll just look on him differently because I think he's still a really, really talented shooting guard. I thought I thought about it. No, he's definitely a talented shooting guard. I did think about it, and I was like, what? 
Draymond and John Wall actually would have been a really nice combination. That's true. John Wall was an excellent defender. Draymond, obviously, one of the best defenders the league's ever seen for his size. Um, that's just a like if you're not relying on Draymond offensively, which I don't think they would have. That would have been a really nice one-two combo. Not in the same way Steph and Draymond were, but I think would have been up there in terms of you know how good that is. But imagine just Dray- uh, John Wall coming off screens, going to the rim downhill. Like that's mm. just yeah lethal. Same way like Russell Westbrook and um, Steve Adams used to play the pick and roll together. Yeah, that's what it makes me think of. You know, would have been good. I don't True. know who they would have had. They had Marcin Gortat though, like at the time, didn't they? Polish Hammer would have been a weird combo. Not that you're four yeah. and five needed to shoot, but it's so weird thinking like how the game was played back then as well. Yeah, because like, wow, you don't want to put Draymond with a non-shooting center, but you don't want to in 2023. But 2020, uh, 2012, it probably didn't matter. So mm. could have gone either way. Three, four. Um, this is where it gets dicey though. Oh no, there's one more good pick. Chris Middleton moves up from 39 to five. Obviously won a title, pretty elite shooter, really good third best player on the team. Yeah. Can't go wrong there. Who had the fifth pick? Kings. Thomas Robinson, if you remember, from the big fella from Kansas. Yeah. Who was at the Kings at the time? Boogie? 2012, yeah, Boogie. Yeah, Boogie. Tyreek Evans, maybe? Yeah, Tyreek Evans would have been there. And Rudy Gay joined. Maybe if they had nah, Chris not, Middleton, not Rudy Gay wouldn't no. have joined. Nah, Rudy Gay wouldn't have been there in 2012. Rudy Gay surely was still in Memphis in 2012. Um, I'm trying to think. Who was that? Kevin. Oh, the shooter. Had a real weird jump shot. Kevin, Kevin Martin? Oh, Kevin Martin. Yeah. Was Kevin Martin yeah, he there? Been, yeah, he could have been there that time. Yeah. That would have been a nice lineup, to be fair. Tyreek Evans, couple shooters, Demarcus. Yeah. Instead of Thomas Robinson. God. Yeah, that would have definitely tough. improved it. It did take Chris Middleton a while to come on, though. Yeah, because he, he originally went to the Pistons, right? Yeah, he was at Detroit. Was he part of the Brandon Jennings trade? The Yeah. That yeah, that's how he No, Tobias Harris trade. The Bucks traded Tobias Harris to Detroit for Chris Middleton. Ah, oh. I don't know if Brandon Jennings was involved in that. Because wasn't but Brandon Tobias... Jennings on the Bucks, and then he went to Detroit. Yeah, yeah. But Tobias Harris was the centerpiece of that trade. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so that was number five. I also Chris Middleton number five. Uh, number six, uh, this is going to be one pick ahead of his original pick, and that's uh, Harrison Barnes. You said you've got, you said you've gets dice, you've probably only got one more Chris Middleton. Like, I reckon Harrison Barnes is like a decent, like, he's a good wing. Like, from this draft class, you know, like, yeah, I don't really know what else I'm trying to say, but I, I, I mean, Harrison Barnes, he's, he's a good, he's a good role player. He's still in the league, he's been around for a while, you know. Hmm. Fair enough. Who had who had six? Portland. Portland. Yeah. That would have been a good pick for them, to be fair. Because who went six? Oh, D Lil, but he's gone yeah. theoretically. They nailed the pick. 
Portland the yeah. first time around. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I um I had Harrison Barnes seventh going still to Golden State. I had Andre Drummond at six, so I'll take Andre Drummond at seven. Interesting. Yeah. Andre Drummond, I... he was a good good player in his time. Um, yeah. Had a twenty twenty yesterday. Actually has the third most twenty twenties in NBA history. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. He's, he's a big body. Like you're probably always going to be tantalized by a player like that. Um, I mean, I too, I had Andre Drummond at seven, so we've picked him. So yeah. <laughs> uh, number eight, I reckon this is where you start getting real dicey. Um, I honestly didn't really know where to go here, but I'm trying to think of that Toronto Raptors team. <clears throat> I mean, you had Demar. Kyle Larry, so you're probably, you know, you got your stars. You're probably looking for some role players. And I thought, why not go for one of the the wing role players that's still going around these days, and that's uh, Jay Crowder. Oh, interesting. So Jay Crowder going all the way from pick 34 in the second round yeah. to now being the, where are we, the eighth pick. I feel like you've. I had Jay Crowder going eleventh. Um, so the Raptors originally took Terrence Ross at eight, I believe. Yeah, Terrence Ross. So what I've done is, oh, I can't remember what the team was and what the fit was, but six man of the year from college, come in and play six man for the Raptors behind Demar Rose and Dion Waiters, playing yeah. a more suitable role. Career probably went downhill right off the rip going to a team where he was allowed to do absolutely anything he wanted with absolutely no structure. Um, I think was it that that Cavs team that had like the worst, uh, they had like the biggest losing streak ever or something that the Pistons just broke. Yeah, it was a down Waiters Cavs team. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. tired. I, I think playing behind Demar Rosen, Dion Waiters obviously had a lot of offensive talent. Yeah, a lot of upside there. I think as a sixth man in the NBA, playing behind DeRozan, he would have found his feet. I reckon. Yeah, good. Like a champion, though. Like a champion. Yeah. So, will you take him at nine? Yeah, I'll take. Yeah, I'll take. Move him down to nine. Um, to Detroit. Yeah, poor guy. Poor guy. Yeah, no, probably going, yeah, situation. At this point, it's best available. Um, I have Dion Waiters at number nine, so yeah. Uh, number 10, uh, I started trying to think about, like so far I haven't really been thinking about fit or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I got to number 10, I was kind of like, uh, kind of want to think about fit a little bit. Like obviously the Pelicans have just taken, well, the Hornets at the time have just taken Anthony Davis. They want another guard. So I ended up going uh, Will Barden. Will the Thrill. Will the Thrill Barton. Will Barton at number 10, um, which is another mess. I think that's probably another massive jump up there. He was pick 40 in the second round. Yeah, he was so, 40. Um, I mean, Will Barton's had a pretty you know decent career. He had a pretty pretty good career as a sixth man in um, Denver, you know? Mm, yeah. Nothing, nothing overly flashy about the guy, but got you some buckets. So what did happen there originally was Austin Rivers. Yeah. Who, I don't know if you've ever heard him talk about it. He got stuck in an absolute backlog of guards. It made no sense for them to pick him. And that's basically what ruined his entire career. 
So a Will Barton pick there would make way more sense. Yeah. I have heard Austin talk about that, yes. I um I had Austin Rivers at nine. What what pick was what pick did we just do? Ten. Yeah. Yeah, so Austin Rivers was my original nine, but then I had to go waiters there. Um which would have been Rivers to Detroit. He could have been the lead guard, I think. I don't know who was there at the time, but he would have got better playing time than where he went. But what what are we now? Eleven. Would be Portland. I believe it was Portland, yeah. Yeah, maybe a complete rebuild of Rivers Rivers and D Lil. I don't know, maybe I'm gonna pivot here. I'm gonna say Jared Sullinger. Jared Sullinger. Jared Sullinger. Uh if you know, you know, big booty bandit. Absolute weapon of an ass. Um oh, I... he, yeah, he's going eleven. I'm a massive Jared Sullinger fan. I haven't got him in my 14. Oh, it's outrageous. He, How do you not have yeah. him in your 14? Great player. He's probably someone you probably just need to take there anyway because he was just like massive big fella, get down low, can shoot. I reckon he'd um, be real good in today's NBA. Yeah, that's true. Put him on Jokic. Type of guy that can give you six fouls in 15 minutes. Um, I actually had Austin Rivers at 11. Uh, so number 12... Um, I've gone for this was to the Houston Rockets. Did they have James Harden yet? No. No. Oh, bro, Kevin Kevin Martin played for the Rockets, not the Kings. Oh, yeah, because he came over in the Harden trade. Yeah, he came in the Harden trade. Um, So this pick probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense for them there anyway, but um, who did they take? Uh, Jeremy Lamb. Yeah, who he had an up and down career. Good bench guy. Ah, you know what? I haven't actually got Jeremy Lamb written down. I've got somebody else, but I'm gonna just stick with Jeremy Lamb. Yeah, I don't mind that. I kinda I kinda forgot about Jeremy Lamb. If you know, you know. I had, I had Will Barton, but he's gone. So I'm fine with that. Now, thirteen. Who what the fuck is that name? Hold on, I need to fucking zoom in. This is to Phoenix. Kendall Marshall, mate. Oh, is that who it is? North Carolina's finest, oh, yeah. Kendall Marshall. That looks so weird. I've I've got an incredibly small font, eh? <laughs> Kendall Marshall, yeah, he was a legend in college, but he is he's not even going in the first round in this redraft. Um no, not at all. It's tough on first, eh? Like who what do they need? They were in such a bad spot, weren't they? It's post Nash and Amaro. Yeah. Man. They can't need anything just available to be fair. I'm saying MKG here then, Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Yeah. Straight out of college, it's still the talent. Maybe it's the right right place, right fit for him. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I it's think... just best best case of it. Best case, I reckon. Best on the yeah. board. It makes sense to go Mark Gilchrist there. I just didn't even consider him at all because he was just such a bust. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, one what... of those things would he be a bust if he went in the correct position? You know, one of those. But yeah, fair. Just doesn't um, help. He was out of the league so quick. Yeah. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, so I have, I've got three guys that left that haven't been picked. Um. 
but I think probably where I'll go is probably, I mean, because this is John Henson, so they might be looking for big. I'm just going to go Myers Leonard. Um, is he not just stick with John Henson over Myers Leonard? Well, no, nah, because just I reckon Myles Leonard just like had a bit more to him. You know, he could shoot the ball. He was a pretty good defender. He was decently athletic. Like, I don't know. I'm just John it's, Henson it's, was a weapon on 2K. He just, I mean, he was never John Henson. Just wasn't even a very like he should have been a much defender, better defender than he was. Like with these redraft situations, it's so hard to be. I mean, obviously, you kind of redraft him based on what you've seen in the league. But with like a yeah. 2012 draft, we've got. 11 years of evidence, so <laughs> it can kind of blind you a bit, but yeah, no, I see what you mean. Who are your left off guys? Because that's the whole lottery there, right? Eh? Yeah, um, I had Maurice Harkless, just another, yep. another role playing wing, and then I had my um, my French dog, the FIBA champion, Evan Fournier. Yeah, Evan Fournier is the only one I had on my 14 that wasn't picked. I originally had him for the Rockets pick, but then I was looking at who their previous pick was, and I was like, fuck, I just feel like I'd rather just have Jeremy Lamb over them, Fournier. I had Fournier at 10 originally. That was um, to the Pelicans. Maybe yeah. a better two. He's hmm. a shooter. Just better fit than Austin Rivers. So, Yeah, hmm. makes a bit of sense. Makes sense, makes sense. Oh, that's the that's the twenty twelve redraft and how it should have been done. <laughs> Fuck it's a dusty draft. <laughs> if anybody needs some general managers, hit us up. Maybe some draft room, some war veterans in there, you know, in the war, war room. Yeah. Battling it out. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um moving on. Shall we talk a little bit about the old uh Christmas Day. Yeah. Oh. Was it a letdown? I feel like it was a letdown. Yeah. I I went last last time we spoke you talked about um how some exciting games. And I was only really gonna tune into three. It was gonna be the Lakers, Celtics, Philly, Heat, and Suns Mavs. Don't know why I wasn't keen to tune into Denver Golden State, but I think because I looked at it like I oh, asked three games already, might might not tune into it. Mm. Um, but with the Heat, Philly, obviously not having fucking Embiid and not having Jimmy Butler, like fuck, that's just like a fucking massive letdown. Yeah, as we both said, turned it off. Didn't even watch mm. it. Turn it off and switch was- to the NFL. I was massively looking forward to that game as well. Like I haven't watched too much of the Heat this year. Neither. Probably watched a little bit more of the Sixers. It's like this. This is like a playoff matchup, though. Yeah. Real interested to see. Bam Adebayo has a real good history against Joel Embiid defensively. Jimmy Butler obviously has the beef. You know, Tobias Harris over me. Um, I was looking forward to that, especially after. Wow. We knew those guys were out, but I was going to say after the Lakers had a disappointing loss, that was something to look forward to, but mm. evidently it wasn't. The best game was definitely uh, Dallas-Phoenix. Lived up, to yeah. the, lived up to the hype, I think. 
Luke obviously showed out. Massive game. KD and Booker were both quiet. Nobody saw the Chimizi Mitu Grayson Allen party coming, but they had fucking 30-odd, uh, 50-odd combined. Chimizi Mitu had a massive double-double. KD was real quiet. Booker just a bit inefficient. Um, and yeah, Luca cooked. I think um, a lot of people were, you know, they're buying into the hype of all Mishu's stats and things. But fuck, watching the game, like, man, he made some shit plays. Like, yeah, he cost him a lot. He had some real dusty turnovers. He cost a few, like, wide open layups. Like, fuck, yeah. And, man, like, uh, Kevin Durant as well. Like, what the fuck was going on there? That was it. That morning where you got the Wodge notification about how sons know they're on the clock with him or something. I think it might have been the evening before. I, yeah, that came oh, out. And then uh, body language was awful. Far out. Was it ever? Eh? He just yeah, it looked like he did not want to be there at all. Eh? It just I've never seen, and we've talked. I've talked about him in the past, saying like he's like the perfect. I like. Um, I can't even think of the word, like the perfect role model for the NBA because he loves basketball so much. That was that was the first time since the Warriors after the Draymond Green incident where I've seen him look like he didn't want to be there at all. And yeah. He played with Kyrie and James Harden for almost yeah. two years. Even yeah. the next era, he was just going out there and hoping, but I don't know what it was. But then, I mean, fucking today comes out and has a 27-point triple-double. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, plays insane. I was like, well, okay. Like Have you Dallas seen? There's fly. a lot of there's a lot of hype into you know Luka Doncic owning the owning the Suns after the playoffs. But have you seen the head to head record? Yeah, the Booker Suns versus, have it over him in the regular season. Well, it's not Booker versus Doncic, but like just yeah. in general, yeah, he's won in the like playoffs. Obviously, he got he got them in the playoff series as the underdog. That's where the whole thing comes from. Yeah, but like in the just the. Uh, Versing each other, I think Booker's won like three times more games against him than he's won. So yeah, it's like it's like three and eleven or something. The record, yeah, yeah, it's real one sided towards Booker. Yeah, um, I think Booker, like obviously didn't shoot well, but you can, that's one thing I fucking love about him is he just like he just he always cares, man. Like he just always. I was gonna say, I was gonna say he's always out there, but. I, I can't say. I was going to say he's always out there busting a busting a nut, but <laughs> <laughs> he's always out there busting his ass. Is what I was trying to say. <laughs> um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't really know what else to say about that game. It was just fucking just Luca, man. Like all his like step back threes and just like ah, oh, I don't understand how he does it. Though. I did have a thought on the. Phoenix Suns watching the game. I was like, because there was all there was the rumor that we're going to sign Nick Nurse, and then they hired Frank Vogel out of nowhere. Frank Vogel's a good coach in his own right, but he's such a good defensive coach. He just makes no sense with the Suns team. They don't have any good defenders on the roster. They would have made so much more sense with like Nick Nurse if they could have used Nurkic like um, he's using Embiid as like that sort of high high post playmaker or, you know, ball on ball in hand for Booker, like he has Maxi coming off screens. I just think 
Nick Nurse would have utilized this offense so much better. And they could have been like the Bucks and um, the Pacers, where they just outscore everybody. And it always yeah. comes down to who could score the most rather than because they get in these like lower scoring games in terms of like good offenses. Um, but they just can't like outscore people or they because they can't defend, but then they also can't outscore because they don't have like a real good offense. They've got real good offensive players, but they just don't have like the right coach, in my opinion. I think, Those, yeah, massive tangent. I, yeah, no, I mean, based off the Christmas Day games, I think it, I reckon it just makes more sense for like Vogel to be like just an assistant coach here, just like what Thibodeau was with the Celtics back in the day, just be a defensive specialist. Because he just he needs a lot of help on the offensive end. Because you saw it even with the Lakers, they just I mean, even now they still struggle a little bit offensively, but they just so they're always just so stagnant and now it's happening with the Suns as well. Mm. The exact same thing. Yeah. But the Lakers had an insane defensive roster, so it worked. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not yeah, I'm not a coach specialist, but that was just my takeaway. Yeah. Just because they were uh, in the running for Nick Nurse as well. Yeah, I mean, a lot of teams, like we talked about last time, the Bucks also in the running could have done with Nick Nurse. Mm. I feel like a lot of teams could do with Nick Nurse. He probably deserves to be one of the highest paid coaches in the league. Yeah. I Not. imagine he is. Oh, yeah, but probably. We just don't know about it. <laughs> yeah, him and Eric Spolstra. Um, uh, don't don't suppose you tune into next Bucks. I uh, saw the end of the fourth. I was up in time. Yeah. Um, well, end of the fourth, more uh, probably the whole fourth. They just don't have an answer for small guards. Like Jalen Brunson just killed them. Yeah. And like they don't have enough like three point shooting either. Weirdly, like it's a lot of like either Dame round a screen shooter three or Chris Middleton. Because otherwise they're relying on like Portis. Because Be- Beasley can't be out there in the like late in the fourth in a close game with Dame because they can't defend. So mm. Connaughton usually has to play, and then Portis has to play. And because is Brook Lopez out at the moment? I feel like he is. No, he was playing. Was he? Was he even out there? Is this that ineffective? I didn't even. Know he only this. played twenty six minutes. I mean, I think I feel like we've talked about this before. When we talked about them struggling small guards, we mentioned like Jalen Brunson will kill them in the pick and roll because yeah. Portis will just play drop, uh, Lopez will just play drop coverage the whole game. Yeah. Um, and that's probably what was happening this game. And that's probably why Lopez didn't play the fourth. Yeah. Brunson did kill them. But yeah, they're just like when you can't defend, you have to shoot threes to catch up. And they yeah. just don't have, yeah, they don't have the people for that either. So you could just tell their flaws watching that game. Same as the Suns. It's the same thing. Yeah. Like it was a one of those like bad losses where it just like, highlights everything you suck at. Yeah. As close as it was in the score sheet. Like I think it was what eight points or something. But yeah. Another another massive game for Jalen Bronson, averaging twenty six on the season. How about a beat averaging thirty five? Fuck it. I'm telling you, that's what last week was talking about. Just and B, man, he's not going to get the MVP votes, but fucking hell, he's insane. Um, Warriors Nuggets. Uh, did you tune into that game? No, I was traveling at the time, 
but I'm aware that the Warriors bench is the reason they were even close. I believe you mentioned in our text, like, how was the game close? You're like, look at the box score. It just doesn't make sense that. Because all five Denver starters, double figures, like, they were stuffing the stat sheet. And nobody yeah. on the Warriors, like, scored. Like, they had the Warriors, uh, Nugget starters had three double-doubles. Yeah. To me, that's just, like, that shows you're winning. I mean, yeah, well, they did at, win. Yeah. They did win, to be fair. Yeah, but it was a lot I mean, closer than it seemed. But like, you've got like Murray twenty-eight, Jokic twenty-six, and then your role players have all got sixteen, sixteen, nineteen. If you look at that for the Nuggets, you'd be like, oh yeah, it's like a fucking like come to us win. But they've only won by six. But then you look at the Warriors and like twenty-two Matthew Wiggins. Math and math. Yeah, the the math. You're right. The math really ain't math in here. Um. Yeah, I mean the fuck. The, I used to, I've really just dropped off the Nuggets real quick here. Eh? Like <laughs> I still really like them, and I like watching them play when I watch them. But I don't. I don't go out of my way to watch them, which is really weird. Yeah, no, I know uh, what you mean. Neither do I. I have a couple of the guys in fantasy, and I still don't like go out of my way. Aaron Gordon out for a while. Got in a fight with a dog. Lost it as well. Wait, what? He got in a fight with a dog? Yeah, he got attacked by a dog. He ended up in, like, hospital, 21 stitches to his hands and face. So now he's, like, away from from the team for, they don't know how long, recovering. Fuck with the same. A dog to get Aaron Gordon in the face must be fucking going hard, eh? For real. Big guy. Surely that dog gets put down now as well. Yeah. Poor guy. Um... Lakers Celtics. Oh. Talk to me. You know, Derek White and Chris Epps absolutely killed us. It was the worst thing. But we made it so easy for Chris Epps to defend because Rui Hashimura couldn't make a fucking shot to save his life, eh? God, it was frustrating. He just kept getting wide open look after wide open look, and Chris Epps just kept sagging. It was like AD's cooking, but we can't like force feed in the paint. Um, LeBron was struggling to get inside because obviously the Celtics have so much size, which you know is massive counter to LeBron. Um, Chris Stapps, excellent, yeah. yeah, excellent shot blocker. Derek White, I mean Derek White was incredible in this game. Um, yeah, and uh, they were talking about I can't remember who was on the call, but they keep referring to like Jason Tatum as like Magic Johnson. Because he was doing a bit of everything. It's wow. like, oh, you know, he's not having the typical like Jason Tatum high scoring game. He's playing a lot more like a Magic Johnson. I think it was just because they were playing in LA, but I was like, I sure mean, he's, was on the call. he's getting like doubled on a screen, uh, doubled off a screen and then passing to a shooter and he's making a shot like this. It's not Magic Johnson. It's just making the right play. All right. Also, real side tangent before we come back to the Lakers. Um, you watch the Mav Suns, right? Yeah. Was Doris Burke on the call by herself? No, it was three girls. I don't know who any of them were. Doris Burke so was, was on the Lakers game, wasn't she? Yeah, I assume because she's always with Doc Rivers and Mike Brown, yeah, right? Her, so, her, Mike, and Doc. Yeah, the yeah. main team. I, don't I, know just thought, was I thought it was only one lady commentating the Suns Mavs. I was like, fuck. No, I'm pretty sure it was two, two, and then a sideline. But the sideline that like 
chimes in a lot, I believe. I'm pretty oh. sure it was three girls. I was like, is this just one girl on their on her own? But no, it was it was a couple. Okay, I'm glad you also also had that opinion. Um yeah, anyway, back to the Lakers. So yeah. Um I was actually out golfing during this game. I was planning on watching the replay. But one thing about Lakers games is if I see we're down like like ten plus. I already yeah. know what the story is going to be. It's going to be fucking shit body language, poor effort. So I'm like, I'm not going to fucking watch a replay. Yeah. And then I, it looks like it got interesting and I was going to get home and watch it live. Um, Something happened that delayed me a bit and I was just like, you know what? No, I'm going to tune into an exciting Philly Heat game because I didn't know Embiid and Butler were out. So That's I was very, really, really overwhelmed, <laughs> underwhelmed by that. Um, one thing I was thinking about is last week you talked about Anthony Davis. If we had a better record, he'd be in your front running for uh, MVP. And I mm. kind of like scoffed at it a little bit. Not scoffed, actually, no, because I love Anthony Davis. But I was kind of just like, ah, didn't really think about it too much. But fuck, man, like the lights are bright. And fuck, he did everything he could to try and get us that dub air. Yeah, but this is what I was also referring to. He did so much offensively that he can't then also go be the defensive player of the year at the other end. I think, I don't think anybody, like who would you think is one of the greatest defenders of all time? Probably like a wing, you know, you you, you talk about like a Scotty Pippen, Michael Jordan, like wing defender, mm. um, like Kawhi Leonard in his prime, like Spurs maybe. But you, you like get all your great defenders, obviously not all in one team because that's ruining my metaphor here but you put like the best defender of all time on this lakers team they're not doing anything you can't stop the celtics team like nah, the five line- to, yeah it did show how good the celtics can be the five lineup out there i just i don't think anybody can do anything yeah i think it, well when chris Stapps and Derek white play like that that is what is going to win them a championship yeah because it becomes so much easier for Tatum and Brown. Like they both play pretty mid. Like they didn't play bad. They didn't play great. Tatum had like 25, 8, and 7. And it was a yeah, like as I said, a midnight for him. Um but that's because so much pressure is taken off him by those other two when they play like that. So that's where they're dangerous. And then Drew Holiday is just the fifth guy. It's like fuck. And when the starters perform like that, you don't need anything from the bench either, which is good for them. Yeah. Yeah. I think also one thing about this uh, game in particular, especially for the Lakers side, is it really just makes you see how far away we actually are from probably, you know, winning a title. Yeah. Like, but yeah, that's, that's another <clears> thing I thought was, yeah, we're just not, we're not there. Clearly, clearly a trade needs to be made. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is. I don't want LeBron to play point either. I'm not sure no. if he wants to play point. I, I don't sure understand what. the whole thing about benching D'Lo. Like, yeah, I didn't think that was our issue, to be honest. No. I get he makes some like idiot plays, but like a lot of the time in the fourth, if he's got it going, he plays. If he doesn't, he's not playing. Mm. I think the start of the game, I think him and AD have a real good <clears throat> like combo in the pick and roll. Um, D'Lo gets to the spots quite well when they're doing pick and roll with AD. Like, I just, yeah. I think yeah, I don't think that was our issue at all. 
and then his minutes have just gone like way down his body language is shit like he's already like a you know average player you don't need him to be fucking feeling like shit as well there's just no point in having him out there like in that selfless game he was just a net negative in general like regardless of his stats you know he had a few they like, had six assists in like pretty short time it's just that's because the ball just like lives in his hands and then yeah. if he's going to come off the bench why is ar not starting why is vander the one coming in or Rui coming in yeah I, yeah uh yeah i don't want lebron at point guard i don't think lebron wants to be a point guard i'd rather have ar yeah i i don't really know how to fix team either like we need gabe vincent back i'll tell you that even as shit as he was playing yeah, but you see he's out for eight weeks now. He's, what, is he going to have surgery now? Yeah, he had surgery today. God damn Successful. It. I saw a comparison. Um, Kendrick Nunn, undrafted, yeah. balled out with That's the heat, bad. got a bag from us. Played like shit. Gabe Vincent, undrafted, balled out for the heat. We gave him a bag, played like shit. Is Kendrick Nunn still in the league? Surely he's still chipping around at the Wizards, I reckon. Um. Yeah, how do you feel about a Zach Levine trade for us? Not great. Yeah, I don't want a Zach Levine trade either. But then, could he unless not it's be for really... D'Lo and Rui? Could he? Yeah, obviously you wouldn't want to, you don't you you're not giving up um. Reeves. You're not giving up AR. So yeah, yeah if, I mean for D'Lo and Rui, I don't mind that because eh? I think Zach Levine could like be all right with us. Um, I also float out the idea of could you go like I don't think the salary would work, uh, but I was like if you could go like Rui and like Hood Shafrino and like a future first for Caruso and Demar, but I don't think the Bulls would do that. Yeah, they should trade Demar though because Demar's not going to resign there. Um, Kendrick Nunn, by the way, is playing in the Greek league. Yeah, oh, see, out of the league. Um, yeah. Do you want to transition into your trades? Yeah, trade I mean, said? probably a really good segment there. Uh, I was telling Aiden before the pod, I had been doing a bit of work on the old trade machine. Um, it was just, I was looking at some contenders, and I can probably do a bit more next week because I haven't done many in the West. I was looking at some contenders and how do you kind of improve them? So... Um, I started with the Bucks, and I thought the Bucks need like a uh, they need a wing who can defend and can shoot the ball, right? Shoot some threes and can play some defense on some guards. Um, obviously, I it doesn't help with the small guards theory though, which is a bit unfortunate. But so I've gone Robin Lopez and Bobby Portis. Plus two second round picks for Dorian Finney Smith. Who says no? Hmm. This is a win now trade. I feel like they'd lose a lot of identity without having Bobby Portis, though. Yeah. Um I just think he doesn't provide the wing wing yeah, defense that they need. That strengthens the lineup. In my opinion, is that too much though for? DFS? I wouldn't. I don't. I don't know how much you'd need to get him. 
can you cut back on one of the picks? Portis, Two seconds, though. Like, what does it matter? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all they have to trade as well. Yeah. No, I like that trade. I like that for the Bucks. Wild Brooklyn do it. Yeah. It frees up salary a bit for them, though. So. Yeah. No, I could see Paul. I could see um, Brooklyn doing it. Yeah, I like that trade. It's good. It's fucking hard to make a trade for the Bucks, man. Like, just this yeah, salary. No. No, also, one team, no picks. one team that is fucking impossible. Like, I give anybody who's listening that is interested in this kind of stuff and yourself, chuck the Dallas Mavericks into the trade machine. Try fucking make a trade for them. They have no <laughs> contracts that fit anything. They've got Kyrie and Doncic on like 30 mil. Their next highest is like 11 mil. Yeah. And they've got like three players on 11 mil, but nobody would want them and they don't have picks. Like, fuck, it's possible. The only trade um, they set up for is the Kyrie for Rui and Delo trade. Yeah, literally. Um, next team is the Orlando Magic. I'm interested. Um, this one here, I'm really not sure about how to do it, but I have the Orlando Magic trading for Donovan Mitchell from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, I love it. I have them giving up Wendell Carter. Um, Suggs and Gary Harris. Gary Harris is just to make the contracts work. And a 2025 and a 2026 first round pick. Can't trade back to back years. 2025, 2027 first round pick. Unless it's other people's picks. But yeah. Is Donovan Mitchell only worth two first rounders? That's the question. Wendell Carter and Suggs, though. Yeah, I don't know if the players matter in this situation though. So I don't know if I don't know if the Cavs do that. I like it for Orlando. Orlando, I do that in a heartbeat. Cavs say no. Do you reckon they need more picks? Wendell Carter makes no sense for them. See um, now, I thought about it more like, hey, like I think the Jared Allen and Mobley experiment doesn't work. So I was yeah. like, move move on, move away from Jared Allen because Wendell Carter. Yeah, Wendell Carter could make more sense. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying. Is like I think, yeah, Wendell Carter, he can stretch the floor a little bit, still play big. Interesting. That's kind Find of a third, maybe a third team for Jared Allen. Yeah, that's kind of where I was thinking there. And I thought Suggs might be a good running mate with Darius Garland. Great defender, you know. So I thought, I thought it, it's a real. I thought it helps the Cavs quite a bit. Can you get Jared Allen to the Knicks somehow? That's a good idea. Because obviously they need a center since Mitchell yeah. Robinson's out for the year. Oh, there you go. Who do they um, give up in that situation? I wouldn't even Cavs, know. Cavs maybe take back. Wow. you got to match the contract somehow. Oh, even Fournier, and, even Fournier and Quinton Grimes. Even mm. Fournier and Miles McBride for Jared Allen. And a second. From the Knicks, I think you probably need more for Jared Allen. A first, I don't know. There's something uh, there. Something a first, the maybe. I mean, that's first could be maybe the like Knicks the Knicks have, have Fournier's contract, which is tradable with basically anything. Yeah, and then they've got those young guys sitting on the bench. I like Miles McBride. Yeah, yeah, there could be something there. No, I like that. Um. But yeah, I was really just trying to think about how to improve Orlando. I think just like a point guard. 
scoring guard for them. Um, yeah, it's definitely the two guard. That's the spot. Or a true point guard. But Anthony Black seems to be that. Just young. Uh, right, next... Next team here, I I I have really blanking here. I have the person's name. I can't remember who this person is. I don't know why. Who's it? This is a really poor one. Who's an Alex in the league? <laughs> Alex. Yeah. I have no idea. Oh no. You just have Alex. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of like first names written down. I mean, when I did it, I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be a bit tough." Alex, not Alex Burke. Alex Burks. Nah, I don't know an Alex. Is there an Alex? I wonder if this is meant to be. Fuck, this is so annoying because it's for Philadelphia. Who are they sending out? So I had them giving out um, D'Anthony Melton. Uh the Morris brother they have to match contracts, Jaden Springer, the young wing, mm-hmm. and a 20, their 2028 LA Clippers first. So this was like a pretty good hefty trade. Who the fuck is Alex? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Who are they getting back? Like, what do they need back? Oh, so- bro. Alex Caruso. <laughs> 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 Um, right. Okay, let me run into the trade. So I thought about, like, Philadelphia, I thought it's kind of like, I don't really know what really to do to improve them. And I just thought maybe, like, another wing defender. Um, I think any championship team could do with Alice Caruso. And I've heard they're looking for um, a first-round pick for him. And I thought like the 2028 LA Clippers first, that could be a pretty good pick. You know, the LA Clippers probably be shit by then. Yeah, that will be. So, Jonathan Melton, the Morris brother, Springer, and a 2028 LA Clippers first for Alex Caruso for Philadelphia. It seems like a lot for Alex Caruso. It does, but the lot of a lot of stuff I've seen out there in the rumor mill for him is pretty hefty market. Yeah. True. That just feels like a lot. Like, is D'Anthony Melton that much of a downgrade to also give up Jaden Springer? Mm, yeah, I'm the Morris brother. I don't think Jaden Springer is going to do much for Philadelphia, though. And he's not really doing much in G League. I, I don't know. What about we put Mac McClung in the trade instead? The he can swap G League. He can swap G League teams. Yeah, enough fit. Um, so this one is not a contender. But it was just how to improve Detroit Pistons. Um, so, I just thought, I thought like you know, I think because I've been working on some probably for the the Mavs, and I was looking at some Raptors players. I was looking yeah. at how can the Mavs get OG or Pascal, and the answer is they can't. Um, so I thought, why not OG and an Obi for the Detroit Pistons? So I have Detroit sending out. Um, Jaden Ivey, uh, Joe Harris for the con- for the contract, and mm-hmm. a future first round pick for OG and Anobi. Well, we know OG's market is like three firsts, so and that's what they've been saying. So that's why I thought, you know, like 
Jaden Ivey, a young prospect, you know, the Raptors might be like, yeah, fuck it. You know, Ivy, I feel like Ivy needs somewhere else that isn't with Cunningham. So yeah. that was why I put him in there. Joe Harris was just for the contract to work and a future first OG and an OB. Does OG fix the Pistons? Uh, not necessarily fix, but I think it could just be like, hey, we've we've got three guys. We've got Cunningham, OG, and Duran. Let's build from here. What about... Yeah, I think what, what about... Two firsts, Davis Bertans, Isaiah Joe, and Usman Jing, four, Beef Stew, and Bogdanovich. From the Thunder. Yeah. Because the Thunder have so many packs to give. So what would what do the Pistons get? Usman Ding, Bertans... Usman Ding, Isaiah Joe, Bertans, and two first-rounders. And they give up Bogdanovich and Isaiah Stewart. Then they can just go Cade, Ivan can go to the bench, Isaiah Joe, Alsa Thompson, don't know who the fuck's playing the four, Jalen Doreen. Put David yeah. Bertans at the four for all I care. Just get shooters out there. Yeah, I mean, fair. I was looking at more of a long-term build, but I'm, and that makes sense. Um, if I'm thinking more of OKC in that position. So le- leading on, Good how about we go here to OKC? I've got him in here. I thought more of, um, I haven't actually included Bogdan or Boyan, whatever one he is. He's Boyan. Um, I haven't included him in any trade, but you know he's going to be traded. Um, but for the Thunder, I thought more of a big. I feel like they need another big. Um because they're a bit small, and you saw in that Lakers game, like, fuck, we just crushed them on the glass. You got the Laurie trade? No. Lo- There's no way the Jazz are trading Laurie Marketer. What about for four um, first? <laughs> yeah. I don't maybe. think it's like, it doesn't even have to be the market price. The OKC have $2 to the dollar. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, I have them, I've got Wendell Carter again. So I have the Thunder sending out I don't I don't think the magic would do this to be fair but I have the thunder sending out Trey Mann um Davis Bertans Usman Ding and the 2024 Rockets first round pick which is one to four protected and then their own 2025 first round pick for Wendell Carter and Jonathan Isaac now the reason I've included Jonathan Isaac is it's not heaps the Magic are getting. Obviously, they're getting those two first-round picks. But mm. the Jonathan Isaac's like a salary dump. You know, the Thunder are like, oh, we'll take Jonathan Isaac's contract. Isn't he off contract at the end of the year anyway? Is he not? No, he's got two years. Uh, two years, like 18 mil. So. Uh, I like anything. Like, just OKC need to get a big. I yeah. think they can shoot. I don't really like Wendell Carter, though. Like, Bro, I love Wendell Carter, yeah. It's decent. I feel like Orlando's got way worse since he got back. So. He just doesn't fit them, though. I think that's the issue. Mm-hmm. I, I reckon better, when... better with Goga clogging up the paint in that in that team. I just reckon like Wendell Carter could be a starting or like rotation center for a championship team, like easily. Yeah. So that was I why I had him so. under. 
Um, last one. Not a very exciting trade, but it was, how do you improve the Phoenix Suns after we talked about that Christmas Day game? I think Booker's been real good at the point guard, but they need a point guard, and I don't even think this will get it done. Um, so I've got them going for De'Anthony Melton. They're giving up Nastia Little, Damian Lee, and uh, the Boston Celtics second-round pick in 2028 and their own second-round pick in 2026 because that's all the capital they have. <laughs> Going all in. I don't so, know. Sixers don't do that, though. Yeah, no. Nah, I agree. So, yeah. yeah. The thing is with Phoenix, they don't have the draft capital to trade to shit teams to get, like, a Bogdanovich. And then good teams aren't going to trade with them. Because they don't have players to give up to help good teams. Yeah. I agree. So they're, um, in, they're pretty stuck where they are. Yeah. So uh, those were some of my fake trades. We love it. Absolutely love it. I thought you only had like two or three or three or four. I think there was like eight. Yeah. There are. Two, four, six. That was more than six, surely. No, it was six. It is because I chucked a few in. The main player there was Wendell Carter. Just hopefully he gets to go to a... I, I, I reckon Wendell Carter... I like the Cavs one, getting Wendell Carter, getting Allen out of town. And I like him going to the Thunder. I reckon he'd be great for the Thunder. Yeah, another good call. What about just a first in Davos? I don't think it worked. Oh, for Jared Allen? Yeah, that contract... Those those must line up, isn't it? Like nineteen and nineteen. Um, he's like seventeen and twenty. I don't think Jared Allen is more than a first rounder, is he? No, nah, probably not. But I reckon the Cavs want something back, like a player though as well. If they're getting Wendell Carter, though, like if they're getting players from Orlando. Oh, so you mean part of the three team trade? It's becoming a four team. If okay, no. Yeah, no, still a three team. Yeah, three team with OKC, Orlando. And then what are OKC getting? They're getting Jared Allen. Oh yeah, true, true, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I so nothing. That's, that's... Nothing's happening between the Magic and the Thunder. Yeah, it's like a triangle with no third connection. Yeah, no, I like that. So Donovan Mitchell goes to the Magic, Carter to the Cavs, and Carter Thunder. and Suggs to the Cavs. Plus Thunder get plus picks plus two firsts. And then Jared Allen to the Thunder for a pack, uh, first rounder and Bertans. Yeah, no, I don't mind that actually. Yeah, I feel like yeah, on paper it still feels like the Cavs have lost giving up Allen, Allen and Mitchell for three first rounders and Wendell Carter and Suggs. I don't know. Yeah, true. I don't know how to value value players anymore. <laughs> It does become a bit tricky with all the because there's never like play. There's never like players moving both ways for it to like make sense. It's, it's just like one player and picks. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. I like that. I like. I like that three-way trade. Do all teams get better? Subtraction is an addition for the Cavs. Yeah. Obviously, if you did that trade now, they'd have absolutely nobody playing. I mean, they have nobody playing, and they're still winning games. 
Yeah. No Mitchell, no Mitchell, no Garland, no Mobley. Just a bit of a bit of a throwaway year at this point. Yeah, which is not what they need. Oh well, Ripper, Ripper trade machine. Yeah, Ripper. Should we do a do do a quiz here, or do we just do we call it a night at an hour forty? Yeah, we might save that quiz for next time. We we promised the viewers would keep it to an hour, hour thirty, hour forty. Yeah, yeah, I reckon we keep it because you never know how long the bloody quiz could go. It could be half an hour. Yeah, we don't want to. We don't want to take up too much time. Um. So yeah, I guess that wraps us up for another episode of Certified Bucket Boys podcast. Thanks for tuning in to all the listeners. Thank you if you made it this far. Uh, keep interacting on the Instagram. Uh, polls, quizzes, posts, giveaways, all that good things. Uh, share us to a friend. Tell your mother about us. Let her listen. Let her sign into your Spotify. I've heard mothers um, love us. Yeah, mothers do love us. Two favorite mother lovers. It's us. Any final words? Um... Anything to plug? No. Kakite. Not the Twitch stream? Nah, not the Twitch stream. All right. Peace and love. Peace and love, homies.